Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time is most appropriate for you as you are listening to my podcast. And I'm so happy to have you with me today. This is a brand new day. It is another opportunity to do some things. And I hope you're having a good day, whatever you're doing, because it is the day that the Lord God has made and he has gifted us with this day. So let us rejoice and be glad in it. And what exactly does it mean to rejoice, Stephanie J? Let me tell you, I'm glad you asked. It means to experience joy and gladness in a high degree to be exhilarated with lively and pleasurable sensations and to exalt. And my acronym for rejoice is reach every day for the joy offered in Christ to everyone. And that first word right there, reach. Don't you know that if you reach for something, that means you have to put forth some type of effort? Yeah, I just wanted to point that out because some people try to make us believe that this is a cakewalk. They want you to believe that all you have to do is whisper a prayer to the Lord and everything is going to just be dandy and fine. You will have no worries whatsoever. And I'm sorry, that's just not the case. The Bible tells us to strive. We have to strive to enter. And even the word says strive to enter in to the narrow gate. The Bible talks about and Jesus talks about it in the book of uh, Matthew and probably in Luke is in, in a few of the gospels, but he talks about the end of time and his disciples were asking and they wanted to know, Lord, when will these times be? And so Jesus taught his disciples and he said, look, there's a broad way. And he told them about all to look out for and what would be coming and what would be happening, you know, the changes of the seasons. And he said, there'll be many coming in, in my name saying, look, here's the Christ. And he, he was like, don't believe them. He said, you'll hear wars and rumors of wars and there'll be threats. He said, but don't worry, the end is not near. And he also talked in those passages about there being a broad way 
which leads to hell and destruction. And he said, no, what you want to do is you have to find the narrow gate. He said, few people are going to go that way because everybody wants to go the broad way. Everybody wants to go that path that everybody else is on having a good old time when it's really not about that. So you want to reach every day for the joy. You want to strive to enter into his rest. You want to examine yourself. What does it mean to examine? You want to reflect. You want to contemplate. You want to look at yourself. You want to um, look within, look inside. There are some stuff, some stuff that only you know, and only God knows. You, you need to understand that he knows. He, he knows everything. There's nothing we can keep from him. And I'm, I'm not merely talking of, um, this pie in the sky, God, this, this figment of people's imaginations and, or these objects that people try to make into God. The book of Romans talks all about that, especially the first four chapters. If you've never read it, or if it's been a while, I would invite you to go and take a look at the book of Romans. That it talks a lot about, uh, people making gods out of, of things that are not, I'm talking about the true and living God, the true and living God that the Bible talks about. And it says he knows everything. And I believe that even Romans tells us in those same passages that, uh, Jesus Christ will even judge the secrets of men. So he knows our hearts. He knows our thoughts. He knows everything. So there is a work that we have to do not to be saved, not to receive salvation, but the Bible says faith without works is dead. And so we do have a responsibility. It is not all on God. He does not just call you, give you everything that you need and then do everything for you else. What would the purpose be? He created us to rule. He created us to take dominion. And so therefore we need to use what he has given us. And guess what? Not for our own purposes and for our own selves, not just for self glory. Yes. He wants you to be happy and all of that good stuff, but that, that was not God's ultimate goal for you to live this glorious and abundant life to be happy. If you are, then that's just a plus. He never said it would be easy. He never said this way would be, um, a stream of peaches and roses and cherries. And every day you're going to be out picking tulips and everything is going to be fine in your home and, and everything's going to go well in your business. And all you have to do is confess it and bless it and, you know, blab it and grab it as, uh, I think RW Shambach used to say, uh, that's, that's not what it's all about, but I do want you to understand that there is a God in heaven and he is a real God and he is the true God and he is a living God. And I don't know what to say to those who do not believe that. I do not know why you feel the way that you do. That is a personal choice. We all have been blessed with the gift of freedom of choice. And someone asked me not long ago, in fact, it was, um, someone that my husband works with. This was a little while back. Um, I was talking to him. He was asking me a question about, um, Genesis 
And then he asked me a question that I used to ask myself often. He said, why did God even put the tree there? you know, for them to be tempted. And I said, well, he wanted, God didn't want puppets. He wanted to know that you will obey me because you want to. Same with us today. God wants to know that you will obey because you want to, not because of fear. We should have a healthy reverence and a fear for him as God. He is God. He is the creator. He is Lord. We should fear him, but he doesn't want us to be afraid of him. Not afraid like cowering. I'm afraid to come to you because, you know, um, you intimidate me. No, he tells us to boldly come to the throne of grace, but God wants fellowship. He wants relationship. He didn't want puppets. He wanted to know if I tell you this, will you do it? Will you obey me? Will you do what I asked you to do? In fact, Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? <laughs> he said over and over again, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me but yet he's still there. He's still waiting. He's still wooing. He's still seeking. I believe in my heart of hearts that he is on his way back here. I do not have a time frame or a timeline, but I know the word of God tells me that I am to live my life in a way that reflects this belief. I am to live like he can come back any day. He can crack that sky any day. And I would be wise and you would also be wise to be found doing your work. You would do wise to be found on that narrow road. It does not matter who comes, who goes. It is late in the hour. You don't have time to keep pulling people. Some of these same people you've been carrying for years, trying to pull them your way, trying to pull them. And the Bible says no man can come to God except the Holy Spirit draw him. It is the Holy Spirit that will do that work. Yes, we may be used in a way to plant seeds. The Bible says some plant, some water, but God yields the increase. Yes, we are to be obedient to what the Lord is telling us to do, but I am merely talking about those hard-headed, stubborn, rebellious people who don't want anything to do with God. Some people know better and still won't do better. The Bible that I read, it tells me in James to know to do good and not do it. That is a sin. So we know the right way in our conscience. The Bible even says in the book of Romans that even your conscience will alert you to the fact that there is a God. You can look at what's around you. You can look at all of creation and know that there is a God. But whatever reason people want to refute that, hey, that's your choice. But I do believe with all of my heart, as the book of Revelation tells us, one day we are going to stand before that throne and you're even going to the throne where you will be uh, judged according to your deeds and rewarded and enter into his rest and receive all that he has for you according to your works. Or you will go before that great white throne judgment and be judged. And in fact, that just made me think about a clip that I've seen on YouTube several times. It is called the great white throne judgment. And it's about 24 minutes. And I actually didn't find it. This was about three or so years ago. My husband found it one night when he was at work and he called and left me a message about it. Like I'm listening to this thing and this thing is so deep and 
He was saying like, I'm ready to go down on my knees after listening to this and just repent for everything. And, and um, this thing is talking about uh, how even your conversations will be brought up before God. And so he told me, you know, to listen to it when I had a, a chance to listen to it. And I did, I guess, a couple days later, um, finally listen to it. And yeah, it's something pretty deep, but you, you, you saw people in line. I mean, it was like cartoon drawings or whatever, but you heard the voice of the Lord calling that person's name. And then there were people behind them saying, oh, I know they made it. And yeah, they were, they were real good in the church and all that. And the Lord said, you know, hey, you knew me, you knew my word, but yet you chose to believe what people said and you didn't preach my truth and you preached to to itching ears. And the person was like, hey, Lord, I preached these sermons and I did good and da, 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 da. And he started showing and, and rehearsing conversations and scenes from their lives. And, you know, that person was cast into eternal damnation and they were crying like, no, Lord, come on. I served you. I did this. And he was like, no, you didn't do it for me. And that's only a recording. So you have to put yourself and like I do, you have to imagine one day that's going to be me. So I asked the question now and I ask it to myself and I already know the answer. I've told y'all more than once. Stephanie J is not compromising. There is nothing. There is no one on the face of this earth that is so good that I'm going to miss eternity with him for. It's not worth it. It's a heavy price to pay. And I am not trying to pay that price. <laughs> it's just, I'm just having a, a sidebar as I'm saying it. I'm having a sidebar in my mind. I recall this was, this was many years ago. I'm, I'm going to say about a good five or so years ago. Cause this was when I was kind of, um, catching buses out on our highway, you know, pretty regularly. And there was this, uh, particular bus driver. He used to come. I saw him at like a bus berth one day. And then I ended up on his bus one day and, you know, he's being like kind of friendly and everything. And I told him I was married and all of that. But every time he would pull up when I would have to catch this bus, he gets this little smile on his face. And, you know, he tell me to just walk on past, like, you know, you ain't got to worry about paying or whatever. And every now and then he would ask me, you know, um, if he could take me out or something. And I'm like, I already told you I was married. He's like, okay. I'm just saying as a friend. And I'm like, well, I don't have those kind of friends. I'm married. I don't open those kind of doors. And he tried a few times. And I remember um, one day I was standing at the bus stop and I was talking to my son and I said, oh boy, here come now two buses were coming and I needed this particular bus. But this day I just wasn't in the mood for it. And I did not want to get on this guy's bus. So I was trying to see what the other bus coming was. And so I was telling my son, I said, yeah, this, um, you know, this is a bus driver. He's always trying to talk to me. And my son's like, but did you tell him you were married? I said, yeah, I told him I was married. He said, okay, well just ignore him. I said, I do. I said, like now he pulled the bus up. And as I'm talking to my son, he's like, come on. I said, no, I'm good. You know, I'm waiting for the next bus. He's like, you sure? I said, yeah, I'm sure. My brother, my son was like, yeah, tell him you don't have enough bus fare to ride to hell. And I just bust out laughing. That was so funny to me. <laughs> But anyway, there is no compromising. There is no time. There is no, no time to play around. And so, 
yes, we need to make our calling and our election sure. And every opportunity that I have, I'm going to say something in regards to this because that is what I was called to do. In fact, my calling came at a young age when my pastor, and I'm going to probably get into this maybe sometime uh, next week towards the end of the week, something I'm going to make time because I have to pull these, uh, recordings back out of these various prophecies. And I have them, you know, scattered all over. And there are particular ones that I just want to kind of play just little bits and pieces of, I'm not going to play the entire thing, but I knew at the age of 12 that I was called into the ministry. And I said, no way. I said no on that day. I had the recording of, you know, my pastor praying over me and also declaring to, uh, the church who I was. And I was like, no way I am not preaching. That's all I knew. I don't care what y'all say. I am not preaching. And boy, oh boy, did I walk in the wilderness for a long time. I didn't go out there just doing whatever, but I kind of stayed low key in the church. You know, I tried to stay in the background as much as possible. I tried everything. I tried cleaning the church. I tried doing youth ministry, Sunday school, you know, um, fixing up the building for this and cooking. And I, I tried everything to stay out of the pulpit and everywhere I went, the Lord would give uh, the next pastor a word. And I am not even talking, me sitting there telling them, me having a conversation with them. And one pastor was like, I hear such a strong anointing in your voice. You have a calling on your life. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Well, I'll get a little more in detail when I get into these, um, these prophecy series, but you know, I always knew who I was called to be. And the funny thing about it is I was never trying to be that. And my father told me one day on the, on the telephone. So a couple of years back, he said, you really are called. He said, because the main ones that are called are the ones who don't want it. He said, now all of those that are running down to the altar and, and ready to, you know, and I'm Bishop so-and-so and I'm this, he said, a lot of people just want the titles and stuff. He said, but the ones that God really calls are the ones that usually don't want to do it. Well, I did not want the burden and the responsibility of preaching or being responsible for people's lives. And it's like, Hey, I got my own stuff to get, get, straight. I don't want to be dealing with this and I don't want to be dealing with that. And Bible says too much is given much is required. I can't get away from preaching and teaching to save my life. I can be in the midst of a regular conversation and then the word just starts flowing through me. I can be in the store or in the street. I have had this happen time and time again. I'll just be talking to a person, normal conversation, I shared on one episode about how I was being rebellious one morning and the Lord sent this lady who was like in transition, a middle-aged white lady named um, Vicky. And I saw the email exchange between us uh, yesterday and I, I wanted to reach out and see how she was doing. But the Lord said, go talk to her. And I was like, no, I'm not going to talk to this lady. I don't want to talk to anybody this morning. I'm talking to you. I'm trying to get some answers over here. I don't want to talk to her. And he made it so she talked to me yelling at me across the park. And I'm like, what for real? 
like God has his ways. And that lady had some answers that I needed because if I had not talked to her that day, I probably would have made that move to Florida. And I probably would have been stuck in the coronavirus and all kinds of mess. I might not have even been able to come back. So, you know, it just pays to listen to his voice. It pays to draw nigh unto him. I'm telling y'all the hour is late is I'm looking out my window. It is after 5 PM and is already looking kind of dark. Like it's a fall day and we're just like stepping into fall. And so we know that the season, the hours are changing is going to get back to getting dark early, earlier than our summer hours and all of that. And so what we need to do in every aspect of our lives is just prepare. You know, this is not the time to sit back and prepare for such a glorious life down here on this earth, because this is going to pass away. I'm sorry if you didn't know that. I'm sorry if this is the first time you're hearing it. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but it's the truth. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away. Revelation tells us that he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. He's going to do away with all of this. And there is nothing that any of us can do about it. I don't care if you own the most gorgeous compound on the face of this earth. One day it will be dust and rubble and it will be burned up. And God is going to recreate his work all over again, start all the way back in Genesis where he began before Adam and Eve fell in the garden. Satan came in and thought he messed up God's plan. And he's just taking it all the way back there. God is not going to be outdone or underdone. He is always going to stand head and shoulders above the rest because he's just that kind of God. And so we just need to realize no matter what we want, it doesn't matter. This is not our plan. It's not your battle. It's not your fight. You, you just happen to get in the middle of it like I did because you were born into this earth. Your parents were used to get you here. And if you are here, you were not a mistake. Do I need to say that again for somebody? If you are born into this earth, then that means you were chosen because there were so many other options all around you, but you made it. You're victorious. You were the one that was supposed to make it. And you're here. And you're here at this time for such a time as this, Esther. You have a purpose and it needs to be lived out. So it would be wise of us to live our days in this uh, frame of mind and in, in this mindset. And so I'm just going to take a few more minutes and I'm going to close this segment out with a few more scripture verses. And then I will move on to something else. Psalms 56 and four says, in God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Psalm 56 and 5, every day they rest my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. And the Bible tells us it doesn't matter who's against you if God is before you. You may be dealing with some issues like that in this day and time. But rest assured, 
that God is the one who is in control. He is the one who can keep you. He is the one who can see everything around you. He can see what the enemy is doing. He can see what the enemy is plotting. He can see what the enemy is planning. But if you put your trust and your faith within him and him alone, I guarantee you it'll work out. It's worked out for me many a times. Verse six says, they gather themselves together. They hide themselves. They mark my steps when they wait for my soul. Seven says, shall they escape by iniquity in thine anger? Cast down the people, O God. Eight says, thou tellest my wanderings. Put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? Isn't that awesome? Saving my tears. So all of those tears that you think you cry for nothing or in vain. Trust me, God doesn't waste anything. Verse nine says, when I cry unto thee, then shall my enemies turn back. This I know for God is for me. So you don't have to worry about what the enemy is doing. You don't have to worry about who he's using. You don't have to worry about the darkness all around you. You don't have to worry, Peter, about the boisterous and uh, all of the the winds around. You don't have to worry about sinking. You don't have to worry about the ship going down. This is the hour where God is going to stand up and he is going to show up for his people. Those of us that have waited, those of us that have not bowed, those that have not bent or compromised, God is going to show up in this hour. He's doing it in my life. And I'm here to encourage you. And I'm here to comfort you with these words. He has you just give us some time. How much time? I don't know. Because it took a long time for some things to work out in my life. But the way it's worked out, I'm like, whoo, go Jesus, go Jesus, go Jesus. Yeah, he is like that. <laughs> he will show up. And when he shows up, it's in a way where you know it's him. I'm like, oh, I couldn't have thought to do nothing like that. Oh, God, you are so awesome. And yes, he will get his praise. Okay. Psalm 68 and five says a father of the fatherless and a judge of the widows is God in his holy habitation. Psalm 71 and 20 says thou, which has showed me great and sore troubles shall quicken me again and shall bring me up again from the depths of the earth. 21, thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. That's for somebody out there. God is going to increase your greatness. Don't give in. Don't get weary. The Bible says, be not weary in well-doing. Continue to do what you know to do and continue to stand and he will comfort you on every side. Doesn't matter if everything is caving in all around you. Trust God. He's going to comfort you. Don't look to that bottle for comfort. That doesn't work. I, I never got that. Don't look to that man. Don't look to that woman, especially if they're not yours, especially if they're not somebody that you're supposed to be with. They can't help you. Yeah, they're going to help you be damned to hell if you're out there doing things you have no business doing. I'll throw that in as a sidebar. That's not the answer. That's never the answer. 
Stop looking to that drug. It can't help you. It will only hurt you in the end. Cigarettes, they I don't know what kind of comfort they give people. People are puffing and inhaling on those things. Packs a day. I couldn't throw away money like that, but whatever. And, and then gamble and take a risk with my help. But you're not going to find comfort that way gambling is not going to help you. Food is not going to help you. No vice will help you. Only trust in God that he will keep his word and he will comfort you. But you have to do your part as well. Don't think that this is a magic formula or a magic wine, but he will comfort you and he will be with you. As Psalm 71 and 22 says, I will also praise thee with the psaltery, even thy troop, O my God, unto thee will I sing with the harp, O thou holy one of Israel. Some of you just need to put some music on. I talk about that often. I feel good when I'm worshiping. Yesterday, if y'all could have looked inside of my window, y'all would have said she is a dancing, worshiping fool up in there. Oh, I was getting my praise on. I had that worship music playing out that speaker. Not too loud, but it was loud enough for me to really feel it. And I put that thing on and I was just a dancing and worshiping him. Is anything going on? No, not good, bad, or indifferent. What I'm dealing with is manageable. It's nothing even major. It's just some decisions that I made, but I made a decision that I'm going to praise him. I made a decision that I'm going to live my life, that I'm going to get all of the lots out of my life. And I'm going to make sure that I am not being a lot. I don't want strife and I don't want contention. And I made a decision that I'm going to be happy and I'm not going to allow the enemy to steal anything else from me. He's not going to steal my joy or my peace. My comfort comes from the Lord. He is my rock. That's the decisions that I made. So I'm happy. I love putting on my music. I put it on in a car all day yesterday. I worshiped everywhere I went all through DC, all through Maryland. I'm just riding and worshiping, you know, try it. It works. It really works. And so I'm going to leave it there because my time is going Check out Psalm 138 when you get a chance. That's a very comforting song about walking in the midst of trouble. Just know that God will comfort you.